Well, hello, and I want to welcome you to the Victory Church Weekly Podcast. I'm your host, Mitch Horton. I'm here to bring you a short message that's designed to help you become all that God created you to be and to live your life to the fullest. Thank you so much for listening. Let's get into today's message. So glad to be back with you again today, Pastor Mitch Horton, Victory Church, Raleigh, North Carolina. Hey, I encourage you to come and join us. Uh, We have combined our two um, weekend services into one. Because we want the Holy Spirit to have room to manifest. We'll see what he does, but uh, we're going to have a wonderful, wonderful time together. We have plenty of room for you. Encourage you to come and be with us. We have a lot lot to share, and and we we just want to be a blessing to you. So I invite you to come uh, Sundays at 9 o'clock. We have a big prayer meeting, 8 a.m., and we pray, and it's a powerful time of prayer. Let me also invite you. We also pray pray on Tuesdays and Thursdays. My staff team and others come together at 11 o'clock in the morning. It's an odd time, but we really have been having an effective time in prayer. encourage you to come. You know, God does things when we pray together, so I encourage you to come to these things and and, uh, make make yourself available to what God's doing, and uh, I think you'll be blessed. I've been talking about 10 ways the Holy Spirit works in us. Uh, by the grace of God, this is the last lesson on this, and I've been talking about this for a number of weeks. Uh, but, you know, this is a day to allow the Holy Spirit loose in us. He wants to be our helper. I mentioned last time he wants to be um, a counselor, an intercessor, a strengthener, a helper. He wants us to be. He wants to give us uh, strength that we know not of, and today is the day to lean and lean on him. The more you become involved in the Word of God, the greater the Holy Spirit will work in your life because he's the spirit of truth. And he'll take the things that we have heard and he will remind them of us. Uh, He will remind us of them, I should say. So uh, we've been talking about 10 ways the Holy Spirit works in us. All 10 of these I've taken at least one time or uh, sometimes two with some of these and have gone over these in great detail. There are 10 ways the Holy Spirit works in us Number one, he creates unity in the body of Christ and causes us to be a person of unity. Number two, Holy Spirit gives us the desire to be like Jesus. Number three, the Holy Spirit produces in us a sense of righteousness, of right standing with God. Four, the Holy Spirit seeks to keep us pure uh, and separates us from all the unclean things around us. Number five, the Holy Spirit will lead us away from the harmful effects of our culture. Number six, The Holy Spirit will give us a sense of belonging with the Father. Number seven, the Holy Spirit will give you an overcoming attitude in life. Number eight, Holy Spirit will urge you to watch your words. Number nine, the Holy Spirit mentioned this last time. Holy Spirit removes the desire to sin from deep within our human, our spirit nature. And so again, um, number 10 is the Holy Spirit will lead you into unselfish love for others. Last time, I mentioned 1 John 3, 9. Here's amplified. No one born or begotten of God deliberately, knowingly, and habitually practices sin, for God's nature remains in him. His principle of life, the divine spurn, remains permanently within him, and he cannot practice sinning because he is born or begotten of God. And then verse 10, this is New Living Translation, says, Now we can tell who are children of God and who are children of the devil. Anyone who does not live righteously, and then he adds this last thing, 
and does not love other believers does not belong to God. So how can you tell if a person is a believer? They walk with God. If you say you're a Christian but never do Christian things, I doubt you're a Christian. No, because if it's in you, it's going to come out. So the last thing he said in verse 10 of 1 John 3 is, you don't, a person that loves other believers, if you don't love other believers, he said, you really don't know the Lord. So number 10, again, the Holy Spirit will lead us into an own selfish love for others. The telltale sign that the Holy Spirit is working in us is he gives us a desire to love others. Romans 5.5 5 says this. This is uh, English Standard Version. Hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts uh, through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. So when we're born again, the Holy Spirit comes and lives inside of us. We're born again. We become new creatures in Christ. The old man of sin, as I said last time, has been removed and a new nature takes his place. And, and he gives us an innate desire to live right. And with that desire is a desire to love people and love people that aren't like you. Love people that mistreat you, even to the point of loving your enemies. We'll talk about it in a minute. First John 3, 14. Again, English Standard Translation. We know that we have passed out of death into life because we love the brothers. Whoever does not love abides in death. So, wow, love is the telltale sign that I belong to Jesus. Listen to what Jesus said to his disciples as he was preparing them for his, uh, his being taken to heaven and for them to live by the power of the Holy Spirit. He said this in John 13, 34, a new commandment. I give you that you love one another as I've loved you, but you also love one another. So I'm sure a new commandment, they say, well, we can't even practice the 10 we got. We're having a hard time with those. You're giving us another one? Well, they didn't realize that if they love the Lord their God with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength, and their neighbors themselves, they would fulfill the whole, the whole uh, desires of the law. A new commandment, he said, I give you, that you love one another. As I've loved you, now that qualified it, as I have loved you. They may have said, well, we really do love each other. We pat each other on the back. You know, the people in the bar, they're drinking, they're having fun. You know, they have had a long day winding down. Boy, they sure love each other. They sure care about each other. And the bartender comes up, you're having a bad day? Well, have one on me and whatever, you know. They love each other. But he says here, as I have loved you, that you also love one another. This is a, this is a different kind of love. And Jesus qualified this love by saying, you will love, I want you to love each other the way I have loved you. Um, he, he gave, he gave a, a, a bread dipped in olive oil to Judas and that was a token of deep friendship and care for someone when you did that at the dinner table. And uh, he did that, and Judas is the one that betrayed him. Uh, uh, he said to, uh, was it Mary, uh, the resurrection morning, go tell my disciples. And then, he, and then he called out Peter, and go tell Peter. He mentioned Peter by name. Now, Peter's the very guy that denied him three times publicly that he even knew him. See, that's the way Jesus is. Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. He cried out on the cross. So again, uh, as I have loved you, that you also love one another. He loved people that didn't love him back. He loved people that did him wrong. By this, all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Wow. See, the telltale sign that I'm a believer is, is not that I go to church, 
several or one time a week or several times a week or it's not that I read my Bible every day and pray every day. A lot of people do that. Uh, the, the telltale sign that as I'm a believer is not because I towed a Bible in my hand. The telltale sign that I'm a believer is that I love one another. Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 5, 43 through 48. This is New King James translation. You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you, pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. Wow, that's a, that's a tall order. So he's not talking about a feeling. He's talking about a love that does something. Love your neighbor, hate your enemy. That's common to the flesh. But then he said, love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. Do good to those who hate you. Pray for those who spitefully use you or use you to their advantage and persecute you. How? Why? So that you may be the sons of your Father in heaven. For he makes the sun rise on the evil and on the good, sends his rain on the just and on the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward have you? Do not even the tax collectors, and they were the most terrible people of the culture in, in first century because they took advantage of people financially. Don't even tax collectors do the same? That is, they love people who love them. And if you greet your brethren only, what do you do more than others? Do not even tax collectors do so? Therefore, you shall be perfect. That means mature, just as your Father in heaven is perfect. So again, he gave us a really tall order when he said, walk in love. The Holy Spirit will lead us to love others with an unselfish love. Uh, again, I want to read a couple of things here before I uh, conclude today. 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 7, Amplified New Testament. I have read this so many decades of my life, and it has aggravated me so many times, and I've fallen short so many times. And I just want to tell you, the biggest challenge that I have as a believer is walking in love, and I've, all of us are that way, aren't we? Um, but see, it's the biggest order that Jesus has given us is to love others. Because he loves us. We want God to love us and overlook our faults and, you know, have mercy on us when we don't do it right. Do we do that to others? See, we want God to do for us what sometimes we don't want to do for others. And so love is a tall order. This is the, you know, if you want to talk about being a mature believer, mature believers aren't the ones that quote the word, go to church a lot, even, even serve others in church a lot. That's good things to do. Mature believers may do that. But if you want to look for a spiritually mature believer, find out how a person treats people who treat them wrong or unjustly or, or who are enemies to them or who do things that upset them and aggravate them. See how that person treats uh, those kinds of people in life. That's the true gauge of maturity. Love is the test of maturity. Love endures long, 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 7, amplified, and is patient and kind. A lot of people endure long. They're just not patient or kind while they do it. They just put up with it, right? <laughs> hey, so he says, love is never envious, nor boils over with jealousy, is not boastful or vainglorious, does not display itself haughtily. It is not conceited. Love is not conceited, arrogant, and inflated with pride. This is, again, amplified, New Testament. It is not rude or unmannerly and does not act unbecomingly. Love, God's love in us, does not insist on its own rights or its own way. So see, if a person loves when they're in a meeting and everybody has a different opinion than theirs and they get up and walk out of the meeting, that's the opposite of love. See, love is not rude or unmannerly 
and does not act unbecomingly. Love God's love in us does not insist on its own rights or its own way, for it's not self-seeking. It's not touchy or fretful or resentful. It takes no account of the evil done to it, pays no attention to a suffered wrong. It does not rejoice at injustice and unrighteousness, but rejoices when right and truth prevails. Love bears up under anything and everything that comes as ever ready to believe the best of every person. Its hopes are fadeless under all circumstances and... It endures everything without weakening. Number uh, verse, um, where is it? Verse five, the latter part of verse five here, where it says, um, "Love takes no account of the evil done to it, pays no attention to a suffered wrong." Now, to me, that's the gauge in my personal life as to whether or not I'm walking in love. And friend, if you want the blessing of God on your life, the presence of Jesus. On your life. You got to be a person that walks in love. And this to me is the gauge. And this, I, I have memorized this over the years and I've thought about this thousands of times. Love does not take account of the evil done to it, pays no attention to a sufferer. So I ask myself this question Am I taking account? Am I making a list? of what someone is not uh, is doing that I don't like. And when I think about them, I think about that list that may be with your spouse, it may be with a friend, it may be with people that you volunteer with at church. could be anywhere, okay? could be at work, okay? takes no account of the evil. doesn't make lists of wrongs. Pays no attention to a suffering wrong. That is, it acts just as though the person never did wrong. That's, inc- that's incredible. Absolutely incredible. So again, love bears up under anything and everything that comes as ever ready to believe the best of every person. <laughs> so I want to read it as I conclude here because I could talk about this for weeks, seriously. And I have on the past podcast really gone into detail on the love of God. And uh, I just want to share with you, uh, somebody gave me this. I, I was teaching in a Bible school in our, our church I was on staff with in the mid-1980s, and one of my students, I was talking about love with respect to personal ministry in in the local church and how to help people love others, and this many times the problems we're having in our marriages and our close relationships and such. And this person came back to me, and they had, uh, this person had, um, they had had compiled various translations of 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 7, just a few but enough that it really has a bite to it. And I've kept it over the years. I think I got this in 1985 or 1986. And so let me just read it, and I'll conclude with this. And, and I'll try to read it slow, let you ponder this. And as I read this, ask yourself if you're doing this. So where the word love is, put your, your name there. Let me describe love. It is slow to lose patience. Love stays in difficult relationships with kindness and always looks for ways to be constructive. There's no envy in love. It is not possessive and never boils over with jealousy. Love makes no parade of itself. It never boasts, nor does it puff up with pride. Love is never arrogant and never puts itself on display because it's neither anxious to impress nor does it cherish inflated ideas of its own importance. Love never gets irritated and is never resentful. 
Oh, boy. Love holds no grudges. It keeps no record of evil done to it. Love refuses to be provoked and never harbors evil thoughts. That is about others, okay? Love is not rude or grasping or overly sensitive, nor does love search for imperfections and faults in others. Love does not compile statistics of evil or gloat over the wickedness of other people. On the contrary, it's glad with all good men when truth prevails. Love celebrates what is real, not what is perverse or incomplete. Love never does the graceless thing. Love has good manners and does not pursue selfish advantage. Love never insists on its own rights, never irritably loses its temper, Mm -mm -mm. and never nurses its wrath to keep it warm. Love is not touchy. (laughs) What's wrong? Nothing. How you doing? I'm fine. Why are you so quiet? I'm all right. (laughs) See? See, that's nursing wrath. That could be that could be being touchy, see. Love can stand any kind of treatment because there are no limits to its endurance nor end to its trust. Love bears up under anything, perseveres in all circumstances. Love's first instinct is to believe in people. If you love someone, you'll be loyal to him no matter what the cost. You'll always believe in him, always expect the best in him. And always stand your ground in defending him. Love never regards anyone or anything as hopeless. Love keeps up hope in everything. Love's hope never fades. Love keeps on keeping on. It trusts God in every situation and expects God to act in all circumstances. Love goes on forever. Nothing can destroy love. Nothing can happen that can break love's spirit. In fact, it's the one thing that still stands. When all else has fallen, y'all, this is such a tall order. You know, I have this. I have given this out over the years at our church here. I've ministered on love so many times. And, you know, because uh, church life is the way it is in America, there's some themes I have to go over and over again because we constantly have an influx of new people. People are moving, moving to other states, other cities, and new people are coming in. So this is one of the themes that I have to stay on a good bit. And it is the love of God. And I have this sheet I just read available. If you would just email me at Pastor Mitch or Pastor at VictoryChurchRaleigh.com. Again, Pastor at VictoryChurchRaleigh.com. I'll email this right back to you. I have this in print, uh, digital form. And, you know, uh, I read this thing a a lot. Uh, One of my daughters years ago actually put this on her mirror in her bathroom upstairs. And it's still there, and she, you know, printed. She, uh, you know, made it smaller, and put it on on the left side of the mirror. And she read it in the morning, and you know, it's still. I never took it down. I, I, you got to develop love, and the only way you do it is you got to work on it. You got to think about it. You got to feed on it, and ask God to develop love in you. And you know, can I be real? The people that have helped me the most in my life have been the people that have antagonized me the most who have aggravated me the most because they have forced my hand. That is, they forced me to do what I wouldn't have done normally, and that is love people who are unlovely, unlovable, who don't treat me right, who don't think the way I do, who don't talk the way I do, and who don't live life the way I do. God says that I'm to love them. And you know what? Why? (laughs) Because he loves us 
And we often don't do it right. So, you know, go back over this again. I read this slow. You may want to, you know, backtrack on the, um, on the MP3 and, uh, and, uh, and, and just listen to this again. Because I tell you, it'll do something to challenge you and change you. I'd listen to it over and over again. Again, uh, email me, pastor at victorychurchraleigh.com. Love to put this in your hand. This will change your life. If you go over it slowly, the Holy Spirit will tag you in the areas that are deficient. And there will be many deficient areas. So over the years, this is the grandest thing that Jesus has done in my life. He's helped me to love people that I otherwise would not love. So, Father, I just pray for all of us. Lord, help us to sense when the Holy Spirit's drawing us. Help us to sense when He's drawing us away from our culture. Help us to sense when He's seeking to guide us and lead us and direct us. And, Lord, help us. Lord, help us in, in, in an ability to love people who don't do it right. And, Lord, uh, there's just something about the day we're living in today that it's such a challenge. And people are at each other's throats, so to speak. Help us to be those that love. And Lord, we commit all of this to you and give thanks in the name of Jesus. God bless you, my friend. I look forward to talking with you next time. Thanks for listening to the Victory Church Weekly Podcast. I hope you're able to get something out of the message today. Before you leave, please make sure uh, that you subscribe or leave a review on whatever platform that you're listening from. Doing this goes a long way in helping us reach a wider audience. Lastly, if you want to reach out with questions, concerns, prayer requests, or comments about today's content, you can email me at pastor at victorychurchraleigh.com. I would love to hear from you. Now go out there and be all that God created you to be today. God bless you.